Foul evil to the right hand. Puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I'd been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 911, I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Lebel, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. What is going on? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back, episode number 80. Two. I'm Brady Lebel, coming at you guys live from Muskoka, Ontario. As always, doesn't feel like Muskoka, Ontario. Let me tell you that. It feels like I'm back home in BC. It's been uh, very mild, very mild, and it's killing my dreams of being on the outdoor rink. So come on, Jack Frost, let's go. I'm like the one person in the area that's like wanting cold weather because I never was afforded those opportunities Growing up in Vancouver, I was joking with the guys last night at Beer League Hockey. I don't drink, but we'll call it Men's League. And uh, just saying, like, there was, like, maybe, like, one day my whole life where, like, a little frog pond froze over and we got to skate on it for, like, three hours before we fell through it. So 
very much looking forward to the ODR season, but let's get into the episode. Uh, honestly, I've been thinking about it, as I always say, thank you for being here. And as I get older and, you know, I'm starting to try to put my life back together and I'll tell you what I value a lot more is time. And I value my time. I value other people's time. And uh, I just value so much. There's a lot of you that listen or watch and, uh, you know, give me an opportunity to speak. If people that come on this show, uh, a platform, some of them, not all of them are NHL superstars. And, and this, you know, in, in the community of the, the hockey celebrity, uh, there's a, quite a few of them. But there's a lot of people that come on this show and, and they're vulnerable and they share their stories and uh, people listen and, and the guests. And I'm just so thankful for all of it uh, because at the end of the day, we only have so much time here. There's only so much time in a day. And uh, for all of you watching, listening, if you're choosing whatever it is, if it's live or after, if you're listening or watching right now, seriously, thank you because time is very, very valuable. Before I bring in my guest, um, I had a very uh, special visitor uh, today and I'm not... He kind of politely asked me not to touch too much on it, so I don't want to uh, go down that road. But if you've watched or listened or followed me on social media, you may have seen a post a few weeks back about when I was driving home from a senior men's hockey tournament, and we saw a memorial on the side of the road, and it was all hockey sticks. And so when I stopped, um, Stuart and Susan and I, we stopped, and Stuart and I got out, and, and we found out that it was young Nolan Showers that was hit by a car while rollerblading. And um, was a young hockey player and it was just such a, it, it just rocked us all. And, and I had not heard of that story. And so, you know, we took pictures. I left the puck support tube there. And, and since then, you know, being able to connect with his family and his dad actually surprised me today. And he, he dropped off a couple of uh, these hats that were done when Nolan passed away a hat and a toque. And so I just want to say thank you to Jamie. And um, we got to chat a little bit today and um, I just appreciate the chat we had and, and thank you so much uh, for, for sharing some of Nolan with me and, and with, with all of us. So I just am here for all of you guys. I'm not sure if you're watching this now, but I'm sure you'll be watching or listening to it later. I just really appreciate uh, our friendship and I'm always here for you. Um, I know my guest is sitting backstage, but I, I was going to wait till the end, but I want to kind of plug this now just a little bit. I, if you guys have heard me talking about uh, our partnership that's coming down the line that's now officially announced with Minor League Madness and Not Alone Co. So Minor League Madness, uh, that's top of that is Braden Lowe, uh, current uh, pro hockey player. And there's uh, he's got some partners in that. We'll talk about that after. And then with Not Alone, Tyler Smith, Humboldt Broncos survivor, bus crash. Uh, he's the Braden Lowe Minor League Madness, Tyler with his not alone and then myself with puck support the three of us um groups have come together uh and we now have uh access to over nine thousand current and past players uh that have come through the phpa which is the professional hockey players association which is the union for the american hockey league and the east coast hockey league i was once part of it so i would be one of those nine thousand players um we now have access to them. They now have access to us uh, through a confidential service if they want to talk to Tyler or I. Um, and then from there, if we need to find them some help, we can do that. And so that's what this was all about when I started uh, Puck Support. That was the original idea. So it's a huge deal for me. It's a huge deal for us. It's a it's just a dream partnership. I can't thank these guys enough. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it at the end. Um, but it's it's amazing. It's a step in the right direction. I'm, I'm, we're going to need to take uh, a lot bigger steps to really, um, I think, further this mission but it's it's the first initial step and now all these players that go through these leagues now have at least somebody to talk to um and then we're going to find them if they need uh professional help we we have you know that kind of lined up already so we're we're currently just 
trying to further this mission. So just thank you to those guys. One commercial, and we'll be right back with Todd Minerson. That was a lot. Thanks for sticking with me. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. All right. Thank you, Regan Bartell. Everyone over there at Team Issued, make sure you guys check them out. Uh, but without further ado, I'm really excited to bring in my guest. He is the country director for the Movember Foundation here in Canada. And if you can't tell already, I am a, a huge supporter of Movember, but I'm really hoping to utilize this time to get more educated myself so that I can actually be more of a part of the mission to you know make change and to bring shed some light. It's one thing to grow a mustache, but what can I do to actually get my hands in there and get involved? So I'm really excited about that. So without further ado, let's bring him in. My new guy, Todd Minerson. Todd, what's going on, buddy? Brady. Oh yeah. Give me the horn, man. Give me the horn. What is going on, man? Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so pumped to be here. It's uh, I, we've been kind of chatting back and forth for a while now and to finally get a chance to chat is it's just awesome. I love what you're doing. And uh, yeah, this Mo is that Mo is looking spectacular as well. Well, yeah, it's a, it's, I don't, you probably, people have heard this story on the show before, but um, you know, I grew it last year for last Movembers. And so I woke up on December 1st and, you know, probably something I shouldn't do, but I'm guilty of it. The first thing I do when I wake up is I'm looking at my phone and I'm on social media. My eyes were barely <laughs> even open. I'm like doing the one eye. And the very first post I saw was, just because it's December 1st doesn't mean that these men's health issues go away. And I was like, the one eye open and I'm like, ah, oh, bastards. I'm like, totally. I'm like, they got me. Like they got me now. Like I, I'm in it for at least a year. And so I did it, which was a big deal for me, Todd, because I was never able to commit to anything. And I grew my hair at the same time. So it was a huge step, but honestly, and then, so I got there and I, I waited to, to the end of uh, this November. And I was like, Hey, you know what? Like this is now I feel like it's your look now. Yeah. And it's such a, and it is, it's for a great cause, but um, thank you for being here, man. I know you guys just wrapped up the craziest time of the year. It's called Movember. Yes, we we do it in November, but this is not like a one month thing. You guys are like 365, sometimes 24 seven, right? (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's the hairiest month of the year for sure. But uh, you know, when I started this job about two, a little over two years ago now, I started like, I think October 10th and you know, November is just around the corner, right? And it's either very clever or very stupid to start at that point in time. (laughs) And I shaved off a beard that I'd had for 10 years. My daughter had never even seen me without it before. So I was like, daddy's coming home tomorrow. You're not going to see any of this, right? Just so you're ready. And, And I did exactly what you did because I was starting this new job. I was working, you know, now for the world's leading men's health charity. And um, one of the things I wanted to do at that job was to make sure people knew it wasn't just 30 days that we had to talk about men's health. So that first year, I grew my mustache for the entire year. Um, I grew it from November 1st to November 1st. Had a spectacular, I couldn't I couldn't grow it down like you. I had the big ass like handlebar twirls going. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it, it, it served its purpose, which is to start conversations, you know, about yep. men's health and get people talking. And 
um, man, does it ever work good for that? And uh, yeah, so same as you, man, go for a whole year, did it, shaved it off the next November 1st and got right back at it. So um, yeah, love to see it. You love to see it. So what, what about now though? Because I take, you know, there's people out there that they, they don't really like to see the fact that if you already have a mustache on, you know, November 1st, they're like, ah, are you cheating or are you not? And I took it a little heat. They're like, oh, that's cheating. You already had the mustache. Listen. It's like, well, listen, like, you know, I'm still yeah. you're missing the point here. Right. So are you going to shave, you know, are you going to have, I no shaved fear? on November 1st. I went down to, I went down. Yeah, and I got the code. You yeah. got, you got, now you got bringing the beard back in. Oh, you're bringing the beard back I'm in. Bringing the beard back in. But you know what? Like, there's uh, some of the original founders from Australia have some pretty hardcore rules about, you know, must be clean shaven. We do, we do make some allowances for, uh, for legacy projects and legends. Like if, if you have a mustache that is really like otherworldly, you know, we'll let it slide on November 1st. If you want to keep that baby going, because I mean, it's I, all going for the same I, cause, man. Right. It's all. Yeah. Going for I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't object to, to shaving it off to, to start it over. I just, I mean, it was, it's a commitment, right? Like you get to a certain point and you're like, Hmm, this is like, you know, just like the hair, right. It's like, Hey, like it's a lot, it's, it's time. Like I'm not a hairy guy. So like, I'm not one of these guys that's shaving. And then the next day I got to shave again right oh away. So. The first week of November is the worst, man. It, I'm not either. It, it takes a little while for it to look like I'm not a teenager at uh, you know, at a school dance or something like that. And then you also, you know, obviously you can get like the, the reverse mill going too, the bounty on it, like Austin Matthews did this year, right? Yeah. For his 150000 or whatever he raised, he said, if you get me to 134, I'll, I'll shave it off. Yeah, that was uh, incredible. So he put that pledge out there as well. So lots of ways to do it. It's all about having fun and doing good. And you know what we're doing? We're doing a hell of a lot of good with uh, the support we get from people around the country and, and all around the world, to be honest. Yeah, it's incredible. And you alluded to um, the founders in Australia, just in case people don't know, um, you know, from my research and my knowledge, it, November started in 2003, a couple of friends from Australia, Travis Garone or Garoni, I'm not sure. And Luke Slatterly uh, jokingly decided to bring back in fashion the mustache by convincing their friends to grow one, inspired by a friend's mother who was fundraising for breast cancer. They associated the mustache with the pink ribbon, but for men, and then it kind of grew from that. Is that is that the story? That's it. 30 guys uh, in that first year, like four guys in a pub saying, what are we going to do here, guys? Oh, let's grow a mo. Ha ha. <laughs> you know, uh, 18 years later, uh, we had 355,000 people register to participate in November this year alone. You know, over those 18 years, 15 years here in Canada, but over those 18 years, our, our mo community around the world has raised over $1 billion, billion dollars, one billion um, for men's health projects. And, you know, it started off with thinking about prostate cancer um, in particular, uh, expanded to include testicular cancer as well. Um, you know, the leading kind of cancer for young men in the world. And then about seven or eight years ago, everything changed, right? If our mission was to make sure that we're working to help men live longer, healthier, and happier lives. If we didn't look at mental health and suicide uh, prevention, we were doing a disservice to that mission. And so we added mental health and suicide prevention to our cause areas. But it was creeping in, but, you know, officially six, seven years ago, and it's changed everything. I mean, it's really been a game changer in terms of who can relate to the work we do and the importance and relevance it has on on men's lives and all the people that love us in our lives too, who want us yeah. to be well and, and happy and healthy. Yeah. I think that's, you know, I think for me, 
uh, especially it was, you know, I to be honest with you, the very first time I ever heard of Movember was in 2009. It was my first year pro and there was a guy on our team that, that did it. And, you know, it was relatively new in Canada back then. And I think for my memory serves me correctly. He had a friend that, uh, his name was Matt Kelly, the, the hockey player, but I don't know who his friend was. But, you know, we did. And we, our team raised money and all our fines from our team that month went to November. <laughs> and that was kind of my first experience with, of course, I was a rookie. So I was getting fined, you know, three. Yeah. Four, how much did you contribute to the campaign that year? <laughs> yeah, which was which was which was great. But, you know, I, I could barely even grow. I grew like, you know, the the half Austin Matthews mustache back then and whatever. But that was my first introduction to it. And again, like you were saying, it was, it was mostly to do with prostate cancer and then testicular cancer was kind of, but then when I heard that, you know, a few years back when mental health and that was being included, I thought it just, it drew, obviously drew me in because of my story, but I thought, you know, it's very clever too, because I really feel like if, if we're all comfortable as men talking about, you know, our, you know, we can have these conversations of not just about mental health, but in those conversations, we can bring up our physical health. We could talk about, Hey, have you, have you had your checkup? Have you like all these conversations come up and it can kind of all tie in together. So I just, I'm a huge supporter um, of, of this movement like i always have been but i just didn't really know enough about like how to get involved or mm-hmm. whatever and but i just i believe so strongly in the work that you guys are doing and i'm curious todd is to um you know maybe a little tell us a little bit about yourself and like where you're from and um you know kind of how you got to this point in your life yeah um cool I, I i'm a toronto toronto guy actually scarborough guy so uh, and very proud of it my I drive my kids and my wife crazy always uh, with some Scarborough represent kind of uh, factoids <laughs> and knowledge and celebrities and, you know, looking at guys on the Leafs now at Scarborough, he's from Scarborough. He's like, you know, I'm pretty annoying that way, but you got to have some pride from where you're from. And of course, and that's, that's it for me. Um, you know, I, I never would have dreamed I would be working uh, my, my whole professional life since I graduated from university, I've worked in the nonprofit world. And I never would have dreamed that. I wanted to be a I wanted to be a corporate tax lawyer when I went to university. <laughs> I wanted to make a shit ton of money and drive fancy cars, and uh, that was that was my aspiration. But I got really lucky uh, when I did go to university. I got introduced to um, a lot of people working on social issues. I had some unbelievable feminist professors that really opened my eyes to uh, the issue of gender inequality. And uh, it really changed the way that I looked at the world. And then I got into organizing and student government. And I was like, wait a second, like, I don't have to go to law school. People actually do this for a living. I was like, that was like a revelation, you know. Oh, I lost you for a second. I don't know if that's, there we go. You're you're back. back. He's back. Sorry, dude. Oh, no worries. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I got involved in some activist work and I got connected to some people. And when I got out of university, I said, well, I got a couple of choices here. I could try law school. I got into a law school and I, I deferred it. And I said, nah, I can always go back. And then I got a job at a small HIV and AIDS organization in Toronto. And I said, I got to take the chance. And um, I went to work there and I've never looked back. So I learned a lot about working with the LGBTQ communities and working on HIV and AIDS in the late 90s. Um, I then started to do some work around housing and homelessness, and I, I ran a homeless shelter for young people in Toronto for a couple of years. And, and then uh, you know, I really got lucky and found a job at this organization called White Ribbon Campaign that works on ending violence against women. 
but by getting men and boys involved. And I ran that organization for 12 years. Um, and it was amazing. It was an unbelievable experience. I got to work all over the globe on uh, gender equality and preventing gender-based violence. Uh, but 12 years is a long time. And so I started to, to think about what might be next. And after a couple of pit stops in different places, I, I landed in November. And the amazing thing for me after that, I told you I started like a couple weeks before the campaign. By the time we got to the end of the campaign, I was like um, hanging out with my team saying, I feel like I've come home. I feel like this is the place that I'm supposed to be. And, uh, you know, the idea of working with men and masculinity and gender equality and, you know, some of those things that I used to think about how masculinity and men could cause harm to other people, also reflecting on how some of those things can cause harm to ourselves. And that's, you know, a big part of why I, I uh, feel so blessed to do to do this work with Movember is I can really think about some of those issues and take some of my hard life lessons as well <laughs> into the work. No kidding. And, you know, I hear a lot there. I just want to backtrack and, you know, you go back to kind of where you started and um, first off, like where your perspective was or what your aspirations were of wanting to, you know, the corporate life and, and all of that and, and how it transitioned quickly into the nonprofit sector. And, you know, these, uh, you know, I've lived a, a a crazy other life, um, you know, being homeless on the downtown east side and um, in jail and all, all the places that you just never think you're going to go and never truly really want to go. And, you know, so my eyes were really open to to uh, people with HIV, AIDS, Hep C, all that stuff. And, you know, I've, you know, don't talk about it much, but I was, you know, I had Hep C and I'm very, we're very lucky here in Canada with our healthcare system and they have this unbelievable medication um that cured me like free and clear with like no you know it didn't affect me didn't feel anything and you know this is an expensive medication like what so when i found out i had it and like they put me on it it was like they were like calling me every day they're like are you taking whatever i was like why are you guys on me like so much they're like you don't understand that this medication is like forty thousand dollars and i'm like whoa wow you know yeah. whoa like whoa and so that really put it into perspective for me but like there are so many things that we don't have the answer for but you had your eyes open to that and then working with homelessness was another thing that i experienced myself and during that time saw a lot of youth i couldn't believe it you know i was in my 20s struggling but these like young 12 13 14 year old shooting up drugs and it's like what like i i just didn't come from that life and you just you don't expect that this stuff is really happening here, at least in Canada. I didn't. And so. Hardest job I ever had. Was that ex yeah. What was that experience like for you, man? And and like, what, how did it affect your life in the, in the positive ways and maybe in some of the, yeah. the, the negative ways where did you bring this stuff home with you? Was it hard to emotionally detach? Cause I couldn't imagine, but kudos for you for all the work that you've done leading up to this point, obviously what you're still doing. Well, listen, I, no kudos necessary because this is just where I've the path that I've chosen and, and I feel lucky. I feel a very, very lucky guy to be able to do this kind of work. But yeah, that work with with homeless youth, with uh, marginalized youth, with youth who are fleeing violent situations, it's the hardest work I've ever done in my life. Uh, for four years, just perpetually watching young people in crisis, um, and you know this from your own story better than anyone. You know some are ready to to make some changes and 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 take take agency of their life, and others weren't. And you were just the next 
person in that series of adults who would let them down, you know, regardless of what your intents were or how hard you're trying to work for them. So you're constantly in a position where you're trying to help some people and you're trying to, I, I, it's not, it's a terrible word, but kind of contain some people. Like how can I house you and feed you and help you from not causing any more harm to yourself or others when I know that you're really not, you're not there yet um, to kind of make some of those big changes and no fault of their own. Like, I, I could hardly figure out how to get my math homework done when I was 16 years old. Never mind, you know, being kicked out of my house or being a victim of violence or abuse or whatever. Right. So, you know, tough, tough work, um, amazing work and inspirational work when you could kind of connect with people and, and help them see, see the light and that they're worth it and they're loved and they're valuable. Um, but really tough in some other places. And, you know, to your other question, not, I have so much admiration for people who can work in the frontline kind of service world. Um, but that was the kind of, that was the moment in my life where I realized I couldn't do that anymore. And what haunted me, Brady, what haunted me in that job was like, how are all these kids ending up here? Like yeah. there's this story of the river. I don't know if you know this, this parable or this metaphor, like there's a village beside a river and, you know, kids keep coming down the river and are drowning and people keep jumping in and pulling them out. And the, the village gets really good at taking care of these, these young people and of, of caring for them and feeding them and sheltering them and providing them training and skills and jobs and whatever kids keep coming down the river and one day somebody just says screw this like i gotta go up the river and see who's pushing all these kids in and and that was like i i gotta figure out i gotta get up the river in the work that i do because i can't i can't survive at, at the village front pulling kids out anymore it's just it was not healthy for me i was getting very distant from my family i had a new kid um i was doing some you know probably things that weren't very healthy well, i think we call them uh on maladaptive behaviors, <laughs> I think we'll call them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was a sign for me and people could start to notice it in my life. And so I had to make some changes and I started to think about how I could be more effective in that up the river. And that, that ended me up in, at, at white ribbon, um, doing more violence prevention work and figuring out what are those kind of root causes of some of those problems, at least not all of them, poverty and stuff like that are all huge impacts on, on why young people end up in those places. But, racism and all kinds of stuff but uh, for me it was able to pick one area and figure out can i can i do some more to prevent some of this stuff from happening in the first place yeah that's uh i first of all i love that that metaphor that story is is really powerful and it's you know it, it's, it's it seems it's like oh this is a nice story it's going very well and then just like wait a second yeah like what the hell is really going on let's figure this out right and yeah um, it's that is, it's, it's gotta be tough work. I know my dad's a retired firefighter and, you know, just seeing the stuff that he saw bringing that home every day, it, you know, now I'm starting to realize like, how the hell did he do it all? And, and just, it is, there's, there's tough jobs out there. Um, but you certainly must've saw your fair share of, um, things that again, like I, I would talked about earlier, they just really, this, this stuff hap happens and it happens quite frequently. And so I'm curious as to, when you talk about, you know, moving up the chain and now you're with Movember and sure they, they primarily did some stuff with prostate cancer and that, but now they're, they're virtually all men's health. So, I mean, how much can we att like attribute to, to providing uh, men with better education or mental health resources so that maybe they can pass on better traits to their kids? Like this is when you're telling me the story, this is what I'm hearing in my brain. Yeah. Where you're at, right. Like, 
yeah. it's just part of part of the the chain, right? Yeah, I, I think it is. And and you know, one of the things that that I love about the way we think about mental health uh, and suicide prevention work at Movember is, look, we know what we can be good at, and we know what we're not good at. And so, what we're not good at is what my colleague calls the pointy end of mental health and suicide prevention, that crisis intervention, yeah, um, that that clinical care, that urgent care kind of stuff. You need to be specialized facility and trained people. And like, it's a very, it's very, very demanding and very highly skilled work to be at that, at that pointy end. Yeah. Right. But you know where we can be, we can be at that, that prevention and at the bottom, if you think of it as a like triangle, right. Or a pyramid yeah. or whatever. Um, and, and that's where, that's where we think we can have the the biggest impact is like, how do we, how do we maybe help guys before it gets to the pointy end, you know? And the other piece that we bring to the work around mental health and all the cancer works that we do as well, to be honest, in different ways is we look for where the gaps are and we try to fill them. You know, there's things that are people that are unpopular to fund. There are things that are not sexy to fund. There are things that, um, you know, a lot of organizations don't want to touch and think about, or even say the word, yeah, we're a suicide prevention organization. Like we're going to use that word yeah. and we're going to attach prevention to it. Cause that's what we want to do. Um, and so if we think about the, all the things that we can do in that prevention area and health promotion and uh, stigma breakdown and, and awareness, and we go to those hard places, then, you know, you've got a global movement that can do a lot of really amazing things um, down yeah. in those areas and really drill down at where uh, men and boys are are having those moments and try to find out solutions for them. And not just not just break down stigma anymore. We got to give people tools. Yes. Yeah. We've got to show them how we got to we have to put resources and, and confidence and skills in their hands. It's, it's more than just breaking down stigma. Yeah. And you know what, I think, I think there's a lot of good work being done across the board. And again, some of it to me is, I don't, I don't know, it's, it's not always all good. Um, but then again, um, I think there's generally a lot of people doing good, but when I look at it at a, in the big picture of, of things outside of just men's health, if we just talk about mental health in general for a second, at what point in time do do we start to look at the schools and, and start to implement this into into the the schools? Like where where are we at in 2021, almost 2022, where like we know all of this. We know uh, that mental health is just as important as physical health. It is. It, it maybe even more. You know, um, because to me, I'm not taking care of my physical health unless my mental health is in check, anyway. So at least that's me. So I just feel like. Where people are doing a lot of talking, but what are the people that are really out there? And and I don't, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. I just I'm curious as to what you think as a, as a father, and uh, you know, if we were sending our kids to school and they were being equipped with tools of how to actually deal with real life, not just focused on test scores and how much can you remember before this test so that you can write it on a paper because I couldn't remember anything, Todd, and it used to stress the hell out of me. And now that I'm 34, I'm like, what does this really? What does my memory really tell my teacher about anything? Like, yeah, you know, like a lot of the stuff. So I'm curious is what your thoughts on are all of that, or if you have any more input kind of on where I'm yeah. going. I, I think, I think the, the good news part of the story, Brady is it's changing for sure. I have, I have a, a child in grade 10 and, and one in grade six and they're getting way more than I ever got at that age for sure. Right. 
So yeah. I, th I think we're moving in the right direction that way. And I, I think that there's just, I think the other part of that is not, you can't, I don't think we can just rely on schools to be honest, because there's so many other pressures in schools, yeah. like getting a kid to memorize this so they can pass <laughs> the test result. And like the scores of the school look good because they're, grade six classes doing good in math right like yeah there there's it's not it's not just in the schools i think we have to look at parents i think we have yes. to look at peers i think we have to look at sports i think we have to look at pop culture and and try to find ways in all of those areas because there's no one segment of our society that can take on the entire burden of this right the, the causes come from all directions the solutions have to come from all directions as well so you know we did a we did this amazing listening project with with young men here in Canada and young men in the UK from like January to May or June this year. And we gave them all a video recorder and we asked them to do like a, a weekly vlog and just record some of their thoughts. And we guided them through some questions and we did some exercises. But I mean, hearing these young guys uh, all in the 18, no, actually a little bit younger, 16 to 24 year old range hearing them share like what's really stressing them out in their lives, um, where, why really they feel um, the pressures of, of mental health and mental wellness um, was such an eye opener. And it's and when you, when we heard it, you realize it just can't be in schools. Like it's about getting a job. It's about relationships. It's about sexuality. It's about body image. It's about, um, you know, like, like you would know as well, like surviving different kinds of violence or abuse. It's about racism. It's about growing up as an indigenous person. It's about heartbreak. It's about grief. It's about life, right? It's about all these complicated, heavy things of life that, um, that, that we really need to be able to wrap our arms around people and say, it's okay. Like life is hard yeah. and we're going to help you get through it. And here's some concrete ways that you can that you can manage that a little more effectively because those are the things you don't get taught like those life management skills at the yeah. bottom of the pyramid that can help you from progressing up to the pointy end right absolutely and i think it's it's a great point i think you're never gonna no one's ever gonna stop you know people from getting to the pointy end. like people will always unfortunately we'll find a way right like there it seems to be that there's a lot of people that are in crisis but i really do believe like through the work that you guys have already done and and, and will continue to do um through the prevention side that to me is where like we want that's where we want to be like we want to be on on the side before we get to the point where it's like hey i'm in such bad shape i need help but if, if people get to that point, that's okay to say, hey, I need help too. And, and it's okay if that's happened. I've been in that situation on more than one occasion. But I'll tell you, I, you know, I've often thought it's like, you know, there was certain times in my life where there was almost like signs or like little things could have like interjected, but I didn't allow them to or whatever that could have put my life on a different trajectory. I think we all have these, these stories or times in our life. And um, I just never was equipped with the, um, I guess, confidence to to really share what had gone on and what how I was feeling about it. And you know, I've, we we talk about um, sexuality and stuff. So this was a big thing for me. And uh, you know, I've shared this before. It was like it was really confusing because I was abused by an older guy, right? And so when that came out, um, 
or it started to like come out in the dressing room, like slanderous language and, um, you know, homophobic language, even though I was like seven, eight, nine, ten, you don't really know what it is, but you could see that it's hurtful. You can see that it's affecting and like not knowing that I wasn't actually gay, but thinking at seven, eight, nine, ten that, oh no, I can't tell anybody that this happened to me because then they're all going to think I'm gay. Right. And so then I shut down completely and just, just never really felt ever comfortable enough to share ever along the way um, because it continually in the hockey dressing room, different places, um, you just see people getting picked on some, in some cases where things aren't even true and their life essentially is destroyed at school, in the dressing rooms, whatever. Yeah. And I was, I made a very conscious decision. To, I was like, no one's ever going to know, not me, but to me, yeah. Exactly. And to me, it's like on the, you know, through the work that you guys are doing and, and other organizations and that it's, it, it is, it's empowering people to say, Hey, you're not alone and you don't have to go to the deepest pits of hell and, and try to do it alone. Right. Yeah. That's what I love about Tyler's message too, with not yeah. alone, you know, it's okay to ask for help. And how, how, like, if we put aside all those other piles of garbage that you talked about for a second there you know all of the like homophobia and the way yeah. men can police other men and probably like the way that not many of us have really great role models of, of how to do this how to be vulnerable how to ask for help if you put all that aside for a second because it's really important and it's part of the equation but you know if we if we had this basic ability to know it's okay to ask for help um man whatever a lot of a lot of guys be in a better place right like that's one of the hardest things to do uh, if you're anybody struggling, but I think particularly for men, it's really, really hard to ask for help. Um, and so much comes crashing down on you when you're struggling with that decision. But uh, I mean, I know personally that when you do ask for help, you're often so surprised by the response you get, right? The response is not like, yeah, you wimp, you idiot, you, whatever loser like rebel it's, it's like oh my god how can we help right the world opens up to you in a totally different way when you actually get to that stage and say can, can i can i get some help here i think i need some help you know yeah and it, it's uh, thanks for sharing that and you know you, you can go into as much or as little detail about your experiences as you like but when you know when i asked for help and started to actually get it and start to get honest and 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 really start to be vulnerable and, and just let it all out. I'm telling you, the gifts and, and some literal gifts, as like the computer I'm on right now, some some person bought it for me at the very beginning of this podcast. was like, I, I can't accept this. It's just literal gifts, but more so the relationships, the friendships, the support, the um, just the unexplainable things um, that have happened. And I think that's um, a big and, and it's allowing uh, myself and, and others like yourself to to be vulnerable and you get to a point where it's like hey you know what like I'm okay being me like I can feel like it's okay like I'm okay in my own skin I'm gonna have hard days you know life isn't always gonna be easy but I'm at the end of the day like I can I can, I can anyways look at myself in the mirror and know that hey you know what today maybe I didn't get everything that I wanted to accomplish maybe I'm not where I'm at in my life but I know that I'm a lot stronger than I ever thought I was, you know, a year ago, two years ago, all this time. And there's the reason why I'm 
feeling that way is because I got vulnerable and because I was able to share what had gone on with me and, and let other people into my life. And that to me 100%. is my life. So, yeah. And Tyler sums it up, right? One of the gifts is that you realize you're not, you're not alone. <laughs> you're not so special in your, in your yeah. problems and your challenges. Like there's other people that have, have gone through similar things and, yes, you know, there's a, there's also this amazing sensibility of people like yourself who have gone through it and now only want to help to make sure others don't feel like they have to go through it the same way. You know, that's the gift too. Like guys like you that share your stories, we're in such a privileged spot in the work that we do that whether it's their cancer stories or their, their mental health stories, people share with us. That's part of Movember. It's like, they want to, they want to have a place where they can, where that story can live and that legacy for that person or that challenge they've been through can live and, and it can inspire others. And, that's another amazing thing about the mustache, you know, like you just see it and you kind of know, and somebody's thinking about the same thing. And um, it, it's, there's a gift of not being alone. And there's a gift that people give of sharing their own stories. And it's um, all stuff that helps at that bottom end of that prevention, because you sometimes do feel like you're the only one in the world going through this and you, you still got to do it yourself, uh, but you don't have to do it alone. Right. That's the amazing thing. Absolutely. What has been, the um the biggest eye-opener for you since uh maybe joining movember the biggest maybe shift um if there's been one uh have you noticed a change even in the last two years in in kind of the issues that you guys are trying to tackle well that's a that's a really great question i I think there's there's quite a few i mean one that i would just focus on a little bit it's it's gonna it's a little different part of our conversation than we've gone through so far but um one of the amazing things that we uh, have at Movember here in Canada is we're the home for the global Indigenous portfolio for Movember. So uh, we have two incredible staff teams, Indigenous staff members that are based in Winnipeg, and they are the leads for the entire global Indigenous program at Movember. And, wow. you know, before this, and just with all of the, the recent, you know, I, I guess, um, awareness around uh our real history as Canada and and some of the pain and difficulty that indigenous communities have gone through, um, you know, really opened my eyes to the, the need and the, the absolute urgency for support in indigenous communities. Um, And if I had to pick one thing that, that eye opener in the last two years has probably been the biggest. And then, couple that with some of the things that we're able to do working with and working beside and working hand in hand with those communities have just been incredible. Like um, Movember helped fund the world's first addictions and mental health treatment in the subarctic. So in Churchill, Manitoba helped open up um, an addictions and mental health treatment center. So indigenous people. Hold on. (laughs) I I had to, man. That is incredible. That is awesome freaking fantastic it is and it's because of it's it's not it's not because movember is so great it's because the sixty thousand people who sign up every year to help raise money for movember are so great and so now indigenous men who are seeking say say an indigenous man shows up at the churchill wellness authority right now today says i i have an addiction i want i want to get some help there's a bed for him right there he doesn't have to go to ottawa or edmonton or winnipeg away from his family, away from his culture, 
you know, it's just so amazing to be able to give that kind of care in a culturally relevant space where these folks live. And so th that would be the one thing that I'm constantly amazed at. And then I know we still have so much more work to do on Brady, but there's, there's so many more, but that one, that's the one that sticks out the most. And it kind of gives me both the sense of like, oh my God, we got to get going on this. And also a little sense of uh, pride in what our community is able to help make happen in some of these places. Wow. That's, uh, that's amazing. See, I didn't know that, uh, that that was even going on as part of November. That's how I I just I'm I'm not in the in the know obviously, but there's probably so many facets to what you guys are really doing that I do you even know where your guys are what every everything you guys your hands in. Really. I try, man. I try. I try, but there's lots. There's lots. I, I imagine so. Um, yeah. What's your favorite part about about being part of November and and really what's uh, the day to day like when it's not actually crunch time november like now that it's the kind of the probably the start of like the new calendar year for you guys essentially is that fair to say kind yeah. of like okay we're yeah. looking to next november like what what does the day-to-day -day look like and and what's the most enjoyable thing for you if, if you had to pick one out of being the country director of november <laughs> for canada because it's pretty awesome it is awesome i'm so i'm, I'm like truly lucky guy and the, i mean i have a, a the, the easily the best thing is the team of people that i work with and and you know i tell them my job is to help you thrive and to uh bust the dams that are in your way and to get you the resources you need and uh i feel really lucky to have just an incredible team um of people that i work with they inspire me every day and uh i, I that's that's easily the best part i mean the other thing though for sure is just this is something that i've just you know been blessed with since my career started in this in this world of nonprofit work but you know i play hockey with a bunch of guys who are mostly management consultants or lawyers or um you know finance guys on bay street and i have a job that lines my personal and professional values up perfectly right like they're all together and I, it's a it's a blessing and i don't use that word like casually and and I see other guys that, you know, are they either, well, I do this job because it lets me do all the other things I don't want to do in my life and provide for my family and all this. And there's things that I like about it too, but it's not maybe as personally fulfilling as some of some of the things that that I feel like I've got to do in my life. But that those two things are are for sure the best. And you know, my team also and the the place that I work for where it's, you know, about having fun and doing good, it just lets me be the most authentic me that I can be, which is awesome as well. Like I can be jokey and serious at the same time. I can have fun. I can, you know, drop the odd F-bomb in a staff meeting and nobody blinks an eye. And yeah, it's just really, I, I get to be who, who, who I feel like I really am at art, which is another blessing to be honest. That's, that's uh, it's something that gets overlooked. I think at least if I did, I didn't think a lot about it. Um, being able to be comfortable being yourself in, in in, especially in a place like a work setting, right? Where, you know, especially in your position where, you know, you never know, especially coming in, probably you don't really know what to expect and you don't really know what the culture is. But when you can get in a position where you are yourself, you're going to thrive in your workspace. You're laughing. Do you have a funny story to tell about I'm that? laughing. Yeah. My first day we do this thing called person on a page. When people start in November, it's like just a one page slide, some pictures of your life and stuff. And 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 I added one in. I said, here's here's how I'm thinking about my first hundred days. And I I flashed up a picture of um, 
Jon Snow from season four of Game of Thrones. And I said, I'm Jon Snow. I know nothing. And that was like, I was like, should I put this in or not? Like, I don't, this is my first day with these people. Are they going to laugh? Are they going to, like, are they going to think I'm an idiot? Like, am I going to be like taken seriously now? Am I going to be digging myself out of a hole? And I was like, you know what? I got to be me and uh, I'm going to put it in. So season four, Jon Snow, I know nothing. That was my first hundred days at November right there. That is so funny. And, and how did, and how did it go over? It went over really well because it was honest, like, and it was true. Like I wanted to learn. I, I didn't, I, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly what it was. And I wanted to listen and I wanted to learn what they were all about and who they were and how they did the work and what I needed to know from them. And I didn't, I wanted them to know that I wasn't coming with pre presumptions and plans and assumptions and stuff like that. But, um, so if you if you joke yourself in a meme on the first day of your first staff meeting, then they either know you're like a con man or you're authentic. So there's yeah. there's you know they figured it out. I think. Yeah, I think your personality is pretty uh, comes around, comes across pretty authentic. <laughs> I don't think they had any questions about that. That's uh, definitely uh, no question there. Um, I. I have to ask you because I know that you know Curtis Gabriel a little bit. He's a good buddy of mine. He's been on the show a bunch, and um, just kind of what your experience with him is, and and how much do you know him? Have you spent any time with the guy, or is it just more uh, for November? Because I know he does a lot of work uh, in the LGBTQ space as well. Yeah. So I'm curious as to how you're connected to Kurt. So um, I got introduced to to Curtis from uh, Brock McGillis, who you probably okay. know as well. Yeah. Yeah, I've been on the show as well, friend, yeah. friend of the show, yeah. Brock is awesome, and uh, we had Brock come in and talk to our team last June and just brought him in to, to kind of share his experience and his story uh, with us. And we started talking about allyship and some of the things that I did in, in my past lives and HIV and AIDS communities and things like that. He's like, oh, you should you should talk to my buddy Curtis. And I already knew who he was. I didn't know they were they were friends and connected. Yep. But, you know, that kind of journey of allyship is something that that he's definitely on right now. And so, yeah, I, I got introduced to to Curtis through Brock and um, we had a couple of like really awesome conversations over the summer and then got closer. You know, you signed with the Leafs and I was like, yes, guy, not only here for 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 work, but for closer yep. to us for November. And and um, yeah, he did a nice little piece with us, a little interview and a photo shoot for the campaign this year. Yeah, and uh, got to hang out with him a little bit. I, 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 I just I got so much time for that guy. Anyone yeah. who can choose to use their platform in the way that he does um, is just it just uh, it just says what kind of a person they are, and yeah. also the challenges and the life you know struggles that he's been through, um, you know, are, are exactly the things that we're working on. So, yeah, yeah I was. Um, Sad to see him go from Toronto, but happy to see him go from Toronto, if you know what I mean. So yeah, a- very, me, me too. And and him and I, we talk every other day, at least by text, just checking in on each other. And um, I'm very happy to see him Him just go. Hopefully he gets a better opportunity. But um, I actually, he, uh, he obviously had his campaign. That's where I donated to Movember this year was to his fund and um, wasn't like millions by any means but i made my contribution and i'm just so supportive of him and just to go back to what you said and i've said this to him on numerous occasions on the show and just when we're talking just him and i and just i'm in awe of of what he does because uh 
people don't understand that, you know, he's essentially a bubble player in the NHL. You know, he's still trying to to get up to the the NHL and, you know, he's taking it upon himself to still utilize, you know, like the greater good because most guys would not do that. Like there's like that, that's like a real, I can't tell you how many other guys have ever done that. Like none, like it's, it's you. And he just sees the bigger issue. It's like, you know, yes, hockey is my love. It's my career whatever. He's like, but I have an opportunity to actually make an impact somewhere else. It's not just about me and my career and my, my wants and needs and all this stuff. And I just have so much respect for that too. And I think that's what you were obviously yeah. talking about, but people don't understand. I don't no, think they don't. don't understand. He, he, he doesn't need to be doing any of that. And, you know, the, and this is not to definitely gl- kind of glorify the role of a, of an ally, but, you know, m- m- most of the trailblazers who use those platforms are doing it because they're fighting an injustice that, um, that they're experiencing. You know, you think of Colin Kempernick or yeah. um, so many like of the amazing black athletes that are taking a stand against things like police violence or whatnot. Yeah. Um, all the women who are fighting for equality and, you know, equal pay and equal treatment um, in the professional sports world. Um, and, and this is definitely not to, to shine, you know, to shove cookies at, at somebody who's being an ally because that's what all of us should be doing as human beings, but to do it takes a little bit of courage and it's, it's really sticking yourself out there. And he does it, uh, in a way that's so humble and, um, honest and willing to learn and grow. And that's also what you have to do when you're an ally. Like you have to know, you don't know the answers and you're going to screw up and you're going to get told about it. And your job then is to not be defensive and all like, well, trying to do good and stuff. It's like to go back and think about what you did and, and try to relearn how to do it better and really take that feedback as an invitation to, to grow. And he does that. Uh, it's something I try to do in my own life still after, you know, 25 years of doing this work and um, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And uh, it just, that, that aspect of it also really inspires me that he's got no skin in the game. You know, he's not doing it for yeah. anything other than the betterment of people who've been treated unfairly on this planet, which is, which I got a lot of time for. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, again, I have so much time for that guy. Like you said too, I just, um, yeah, there's not too many people, uh, in the world that are, um, willing or, or I, not even, I should say willing, I think maybe built to do something like that. And, and I really think he's like, I told him like hockey is, is yes, your focus. It's just a vehicle, buddy, because you're not going to be playing forever. You know, like there's other things outside of hockey. So, um, you know, I just curious too. Uh, another question I have for you uh, is: since you started, you know, working in November and stuff, what what have the conversations like with your friends been like? Uh, maybe outside of the November network or your coworkers and that, um, have you seen? Uh, you know, are people more inclined to like come talk to you now because of that? And and what that what's that experience been like for you? Oh, hundred percent. You know, like. Uh, if I can just even compare to like when I was working in the world of kind of gender-based violence, those conversations would be more kind of theoretical, right? Oh yeah. Like that's, I guess we should be doing more about that or, oh, okay. Now I can see how like kind of sexist language is linked to it. When I started working at Movember, a lot of those conversations became really personal. You know, my dad yeah. had prostate cancer or this or that, or I struggled with this or, you know, 
I wanted to talk to you about this or do you know I have a friend who's really hurting right now like they become all of a sudden a lot more personal and my group of friends also were kind of getting in that age where on the on the prostate cancer side we got to start thinking about things and understanding what our risks are and and a lot of us have kids that are in the age where they got to start to know about testicular cancer too so there's a lot more real talk going on <laughs> in this role and so just some beautiful and amazing um interactions and deepening of relationships and um gratitude because uh, i hit up that my group of hockey team guys that i talked about earlier are amongst my biggest supporters um and uh you know we we just uh, we've we've got some depth to our lives that's really really special that's it's awesome and it's it's i really think it's important to have right like i meaningful conversations and and relationships and i feel again i have to speak on my experience but now with cell phones and everything we're all connected but it's very disconnected too so to be able to have these actual deep uh personal conversations um for me anyways has been important and uh you know i just think it it can do a lot of good to to actually just sit down or even pick up the phone not don't text for once, you know, like just pick up the phone and, and, and let's chat. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it sounds like, it sounds like you have essentially your dream job. Right. And, and when I say that, um, you know, it, it's, when you think of dream job as a kid, it's millions of dollars and this glorified life. But as we get older, at least again, my experience, it's so much more than that. It feels like you really have a, purpose uh in your life and your job and it must feel pretty damn good it does i feel really lucky and you know when and there are lots of days where it's a job right and (laughs) there's annoying things and there's lots of other things that go with it too but um you know to be honest like the uh the chance to do something that is so you're so passionate about is is lucky um it also just helps like kind of put the rest of life in perspective as well right like okay i'm good on this front like this is a good challenging job i love the people i work with i love what i'm working on what else do i have to get in order in my life what else do i have to work on how can i work on you know being a better parent how can i work on my own physical health and wellness how can i work on being a better partner um to my wife you know like all those things to my how can i deepen my connection to my parents who are getting older you know like when, when work isn't a real stress that way, you're still like, oh, I got to get this report done or I got 10,000 things to do tomorrow. But when it's not an existential stress <laughs> in your life, like I hate my job, <laughs> um, you know, it, it helps you uh, be at peace in some of those other areas as well. I, I yeah, I, I'm like in awe, right? Because I just think it's... Um, so important to, to be able to have a, a something that obviously provides for you, but it's not just financial. It's about bringing the best out in you. And you know, it's not always going to be great and easy like we talked about earlier, but to be able to make a difference and knowing you're making a difference too um, must must mean the world uh, to a guy like Plus me. Especially free hoodies. Sector, right? What's that? Free hoodies? Yeah, I get free, free hoodies. hoodies from 
I get free hoodies from Puck Support. It's, it's one of the bonuses here too. Um, I know we're going to wrap it up here, but um, I'd love to have you back again sometime. Maybe you know, getting closer to next November. But if for for somebody listening or watching right now, if they're sitting here going, "Hey, you know, I, I really support November. I haven't done a whole ton to uh, maybe actually get some skin in the game." Um, what what would you suggest? What's the first step, and and how do how does somebody go about getting involved with November? Yeah, listen, <clears throat> there's a, there's a ton of different ways, Brady. And, and what the most important thing is, is to start having some of these conversations in your own life. I mean, our website has got tons of tools and resources and stories and all kinds of things that you can do. But it's a 365 day a year issue, right? There's not a day that that mental health is taking off or prostate cancer is taking off um, for the lives of the men that we care about. So um start start having those conversations start start looking active to get more active in your own health and wellness um show your kids uh the right way uh so they hopefully have some of those role models that maybe other generations didn't have before them about how to talk about it how to be vulnerable how to have difficult conversations how to show you care um about others and yourself and and that's a start for all of it um the mustache comes around once a year and there's lots of different ways to get involved then as well but you know we're going to really be working on being more present and being more active on these issues throughout the course of the year you're going to see big big change in that for us in the next 12 months and something that we're really excited about and i would love to come back and talk about with you anytime awesome man and i'm very much looking forward to that there's just there's a bunch of comments. I'm going to uh, just throw up a couple. Um, Matthew from Argent, he's down in Argentina, says, great guest tonight, Brady, even better. A show that has two fantastic mustaches. Uh, Jennifer Cross watches, says, very powerful. Uh, Brody down in Barry says, Todd, that was a great metaphor with the river. A um, couple more. He also says, uh, thank you for your time, Todd. Very, It's very much appreciated. Dylan Turner watching says, thanks for the show, guys. Um Matt says, yes, Todd, working on yourself to be better doesn't mean you are not already a good person. Um, Jennifer Cross also says, this has been a great conversation. You've given me hope for a better future. Thank you both. Anyways, Todd, listen, man, thank you for your time and thank your wife for letting me bore you. And um, you got it, man. Just appreciate your time and all that you do. And uh, I look forward to developing a, a friendship uh, further down the road. And if there's anything I can ever do for you or November or whatever, I'm all in, man. I'm all in. It's big part or whatever it is, man. I'm here and I just appreciate you. Keep up all the good work. Uh, I appreciate you too, Brady. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, you're giving us the gift of sharing your story and it's not one we should take for granted. So thank you for doing that. And, um, Got so much time for what you're working on and how you're doing it. Let's stay in touch and, you know, keep these communities connected and keep keep moving towards a, a better world for all of us, right? Awesome, buddy. Thank you so much. We will uh, we'll be talking to you soon, Todd. All right. Thanks, Brady. See you, buddy. Take it easy. All right, guys. That's Todd Minerson from Movember Canada. Thank you, Todd. What a great conversation. What a great conversation. I had uh, I learned a lot. I really appreciate Todd's time. Thank you, Todd. Um, going to get to a couple of things here. Want to circle back uh, to the partnership that has been announced with Minor League Madness. Follow them on social media at 
minor league madness. I'm typing it in now. I'm a one-man show over here, so be patient. At minor league madness. Follow at notalone.co as well. I am going to read to you guys the post um, that Braden Lowe, who is uh, the founder of minor, minor League Madness, one of the founders, it's got to find it here on on Facebook. Because um, it's pretty awesome. It's you guys have no idea when I first started uh, doing the podcast, and then I heard the story of Matthew Lazinski and Mitch Fadden and. That was early on. And then uncovering the story of Quentin Van Horlick, who was my coach, that guy was in rehab with as well, former pro hockey player. And the stories just continue to happen. I I knew I wanted to do something. I knew I needed to do something. I wanted to get people together. I wanted to make something happen. And I didn't really know how. Um, But here we are, less than two years later. And uh, we've now partnered to bring support to exactly what the original puck support mission was, was to support former and current pro hockey players who may be needing some support. It is now since changed to way more, uh, bigger picture of getting through to the kids and all of that, all that stuff that I believe now I see that. Um, but at the time I was only recognizing, recognizing my story of being a former pro hockey player and losing it all and addiction and all of that. However, this is a part of it and this is a huge part of it. And I am so honored. I had, I cried earlier when I read this, I was by myself. I teared up, uh, because I just, you know, I really believe that this is the first step in really contributing to making a difference, uh, it's incredible. So I'm going to read you guys what Braden posted. It says, as hockey players, we've played through an era where showing emotion, weakness, and pain was forbidden. The warrior mentality and the fear of losing your job often overshadowed the need and want to talk about mental health. From, early, from our early teens, we've been wired to think this way. Anyone that truly knows me understands I've always had trouble opening up wasn't until this past year where I truly realized the roots of where this was coming from and the magnitude of the problem in hockey. Pro hockey players need a safe place where we can ignite those hard conversations. Today, Minor League Madness is proud to partner with two of the best leaders in men's mental health advocacy. Tyler Smith and Brady Leibold have been leading the way and starting the mental health conversation for hockey players across the world. We've created a 100% free, confidential mental health support platform for past and current members of the Professional Hockey Players Association, a list that exceeds 9,000-plus players. From this day forward, the support link will remain in our bio and can be easily found on our website as I tear up one more time. So, freaking awesome. Just awesome. Check them out. And yes, this is for former uh, and current pro hockey players. But the our goal here at Puck Support is to be able to bring this to all hockey players, parents, coaches, 
This is a huge first step. Huge first step. Was that loud? Am I talking too close to the microphone now? Check one, two. Is this on? Just trying to distract myself so I stop crying. Just got another order on PuckSupport.com. They've been, stuff has honestly been flying off the shelves. Thank you if you're a Puck supporter. Uh, we're asking for your pictures. Uh, I'm going to show you one. This was the original one I took. Shout out uh, Cody from the VS Group. Took this great picture at the Rink of Dreams. I got some awesome content coming down the pipe. This is a play on the Puck Support uh, logo. If you've ever noticed the Puck Support logo, which is in the top left corner of that light, uh, is a player hunched over. He's tired. Uh, and sometimes we get tired and we need support. And I designed that logo all by my lonesome. <laughs> and uh, somebody added a circle. I had originally a square around it. Somebody added a circle, changed it. But the the meat and the bones of that logo, I designed myself. And I, as soon as I saw that, you know, that image, uh, I uh, I had to somehow make it the logo. And so I hacked it together. But we're asking uh, for anyone who's a puck supporter, take a picture in the puck support stance uh, with your stick, with your gloves, whatever. With a stick, hopefully, but if you can get your gloves on and that, that'd be cool too. Um, send it over to team at PuckSport, T-E-A-M at PuckSport.com. Uh, I'm going to put together like a feature. Uh, you'll be featured on our social media uh, and and all of that stuff. We do have a couple already. I'm going to show one. It's uh, our friend Brody Kerbison down there in Barrie. There's the two side by side. So thank you, Brody, for uh, representing all your support and, and shout out to Tara down there and Barry and, and little Leo. Uh, thank you so much for the support, man. Uh, always. And, you know, you're the first guy to send me this picture and I just appreciate it. We are looking for uh, people to represent, you know, and just, just show that you are a, a, a puck supporter, a puck support warrior. Um, and uh, just willing to be there for people if they, if they need to talk and just, an outlet. So that's what this is all about. So if you'd like to take part in it, obviously, if you have puck support merchandise, it 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 looks better for us. I'm not gonna lie. I'd much rather you be in puck support stuff, but it's not it's not mandatory because I know not everybody can afford to buy a hoodie or to to buy a t-shirt or a hat or whatever. Like this stuff costs money. I know it's Christmas time. I understand. I wish I could give everybody free stuff all the time. I really do. I'm not the best business guy. I'm like, here, take it, please. I want to I want to give it to you. Um, so that's not a requirement by any means. Uh, but if you do have it, uh, please, you know, fire over those pictures. We'd love to uh, love to to have you as part of our feature. And uh, if you go to pucksupport.com, I think the promo code never forget is uh, active still never forget it's going to give you 10 or 15 percent off uh, if it's not i will activate it and i'll leave it i'll i'll leave that up for you guys and, and girls i should say for all my listeners uh always never forget will be uh the promo code for this podcast and and be there it'll be 10 or 15 percent off appreciate everyone supporting the cause there's a picture of me there at the rink of dreams the other day got a lot of cool pictures and video coming down the pipe. I'm hoping, I am hoping that on Tuesday night, I'll have these two beauties joining the show. 
Ollie posting in and Jakob down from on the bench. Uh, we haven't confirmed. We haven't a hundred percent, but it is, uh, I would say 80% at this time. I got to make sure on that. If, if they're not here on Tuesday, we'll have somebody else and we'll have them back. They're definitely going to come on the show. I'm super pumped for that. What well, shout out to Dylan Turner came over from TikTok watching on TikTok today. He uh, made an order for puck support. He's going to take a picture. I like that. The picture of Proby. Look at the picture of Proby behind me. Matthew Meanser, he's going to get a photo. Man, I got to get you some puck support stuff down there to Argentina. I know you sent me my your address. I got to get that down there to you, man. Got to get that down there to you. It's got to happen. Brody, you're still watching. And yes, on the bench. They're going to be here hopefully next Tuesday. Mark it on your calendars. If you're part of the hockey community and you think that me speaking to uh, your hockey team or your organization could be helpful, please send me an email, bradyapucksupport.com. This is what I've been doing. This is what I want to do. Uh, this is what I want to make my life at is getting out there, or whether it be in person. But if we can't make that happen on Zoom, I have some talks coming up with the BCHL's Chilliwack Chiefs, another team out in Victoria. And uh, just really, really excited uh, to be to be doing that and uh, just really hoping that just sharing my story in any small way can can hopefully contribute to to helping just one person. So if that's something you think could be helpful, please reach out uh, Brady at pucksupport.com. Um, thank you all so much for uh, for watching, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe smash that like button share it with your friends don't pay for ads uh, this is all word of mouth over here and 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 i just rely heavily on everybody else sharing it so th please if you can share it i thank you ahead of time if you're listening please stop if you can it takes like 30 seconds rate and review on spotify or apple Podcasts, wherever you can do it give me a one star if you didn't like it if you'd like to give me whatever just be honest just, if you could please rate and review um it goes a long, 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 long way. So um, appreciate it. Uh, share it. If you're on Facebook, press that share button. Share it to your page. It should be shareable. Um, only if you like it. Only if you liked it. I hope to see you guys all on Tuesday night. Um, maybe even Thursday now because I was supposed to do something Thursday and now I don't have to do it Thursday night. So I may have a podcast Thursday night. We are back to twice a week, I think moving forward so anyways stay tuned for the official details on that thank you to todd minerson from from november thank you to all those who watched live and contributed to the conversation check out minor league madness not alone co make sure you follow puck support at puck support on all social medias pucksupport.com promo code never forget and uh I've played this before, but I'll I'll play a video for you guys. This is Doug McLean and Nick Kiprios, and then I'll be back to sign off. 
a hat. This is this was given to me by Brady Levo, who started this group called Puck Support. And I'll tell you what, it's a great organization. Brady sent me this. Uh, That's but, awesome. This I've been on Brady's here. show. Brady, he's uh, a kid that played uh, major junior hockey. Was with the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning for a short time. Had had uh, some major drug challenges in his young career, and he's taken this upon himself to help families who have who have had challenges and lost lost young players because of mental health. This hat I have on has a logo on the inside of it with Todd Hewen's name on it. Todd played for me in St. Yeah. Louis, and he That's had, right. you know, obviously we lost Todd a number of years ago. This T-shirt has, oh, my God, Bob Probert's name on the inside of it. And that's what they do with all the things. So, look, if you can check it out. Thank you for the plug, Doug McLean and Nick Kiprios, my friends. Check it out, pucksupport.com. Promo code never forget. I also have Bob Probert in my toque. This way. And I have Matthew Lazinski in my hoodie. We're coming up to uh, to four years that Matthew Lazinski passed away. It'll be December 17th. Uh, I'm going to do something special. It was also just recently the uh, anniversary of Mitch Fadden's passing. So um, check it out, pucksupport.com. Part of the proceeds go to further our mission at developing into a charity, a nonprofit organization. We're we're working hard to bring this to life. This is this is what it's all about. Um, we want to be able to to provide support and, and hope and, and resources to hockey players and families and coaches and all of that. So um, if you order, you know, by the end of the week, you'll have it hopefully by Christmas. We use a courier service. It'll get there quick time, especially if you're in Ontario or whatever. It takes three or four days, business days, from here to out west. So if you're out west, it'll take three or four business days. Anyways, thank you all for watching, for listening. I appreciate all of you. If you're struggling, if you're struggling, don't give up on yourself. Life is hard. There's no question about it. There's absolutely no question about it. Life will will beat you down. It'll It'll kick you when you're down, too. And, and throw sand in your face like make it hard at different times but i'm here to tell you that you're a lot stronger if you're struggling you're a lot stronger than you ever could ever believe or imagine we all are we all are and when we start to believe in that amazing things can happen amazing things can happen so don't give up on yourself believe in yourself if you need someone to talk to reach out i'm not always available but i try to make time for everybody that reaches out because I know what it's like to, to need somebody to talk to. And sometimes I need somebody to talk to and these conversations also help me. So people message me, they say, hey, I'm sorry for bugging you, I'm this, that, I'm sorry for bugging you, no, no, no. If I don't get back to you, it's because I'm either working or doing something, but it's never bugging me. This is what I do, this is what my purpose is, this is what drives me. And at this point in time in my life, I can handle it all. So this is where I'm at today. So if you're struggling, reach out to me. I'm pr pretty accessible and uh, never in a position to judge anybody. So there's nothing anybody can tell me that will be surprising or I've literally seen and, and almost done everything. 
and uh, have dealt with a lot of stuff myself and with through other people talking with them. So again, like we talked a lot about tonight on the show, you are not alone. You are not alone. I am here to tell you, if you're hearing me or watching me right now, you are not alone because I am here for you. Take care of yourself. Give yourself a break. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. We'll see you guys back here Tuesday night for sure. Hopefully with the guys from On The Bench. Till that time, guys, be kind, stay grateful. And remember, have a great day if you so choose. I want the real stuff, everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you how to path If you want it bad, I'm gonna show you where it's at Yeah, how you can get it back, yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one, working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rises like the sun, yeah, fatal like a gun Shooter's gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall Yeah, let's do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow till I finally prove it. Never listen to the nose, I just wanna keep moving. Yeah, I put out all the art, it's my only medicine. Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine. Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed, feel my own adrenaline. Yeah, I do just what I do, and I hope you let me in, let me in. Oh, yeah, I'm stable. Oh, yeah, no label. Oh, yeah, you know me. I have only, but that I'm lonely. But damn, I'm going to win.